Well, hey, good morning, LifePoint. It is so good to be uh, with you this morning, upright, not sitting on a chair like I was last week. Uh, thank you all for uh, just your prayers and encouragement, uh, just being sick. It was my turn, so uh, good to be here with you again. If you are visiting, so glad to have you here with us this morning. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, at some point before you leave, just texting the word welcome to the number on the screen, 406-209-0314, and uh, we would love just to uh, connect with you and uh, give you a gift on your way out this morning or mail it to you if you're watching online as well. But uh, just wonderful to be here with you. If you have a Bible, go to Joshua chapter number one. If you don't have the scriptures with you this morning, that's okay. We'll have the passages up on the screen for you to follow along with us as well. But we are starting a new sermon series today. And guess what? I'm excited about this one too. <laughs> like I'm kind of always excited about uh, just digging into God's word and discovering new things. But we're starting uh, a series in this wonderful book. We'll be in it for probably five to six weeks, maybe a little bit longer. But this is going to be just a, a really fantastic study, I believe, for us. Uh, if you're not familiar with the book of Joshua, it's really about the nation of Israel uh, going into the promised land, uh, leaving the desert for 40 long years and really entering into this place that God uh, has provided for them, this promised land. It's really a book about moving forward rather than moving backwards. It's a, a book about faith. It's a book about leadership. Uh, and it defines for us really what those look like. Real faith, real strong leadership, godly leadership. And uh, with everything that we've been through, I think we would all agree that we need the book of Joshua today, right? We need strong faith and we need strong leadership in America today. We need strong faith, strong leadership in the home today. Uh, we need strong faith, strong leadership in our churches today. And so if we're going to move forward for Christ, man, we need uh, to learn what we can from the faithful leadership of Joshua. And we're going to talk about those themes really along the way throughout this entire book. There's so much that we can learn from the faithful leadership of Joshua, and I'm excited to share uh, those, those things with you throughout this series. But I, I want to just remind you of something you likely already know, uh, and that is this is that you're a leader. Every single person in this room, in some way, shape, or form, is a leader. You have some capacity of leadership or for leadership in life. Uh, you're a leader, and if you're a leader, we need to learn to lead like Joshua. We need to learn the principles of strong faith in God and strong leadership for God. I think you would uh, likely agree with that uh, today. Uh, the church today needs that, needs you in modern America to be the kind of Christian that has faith and has uh, strong leadership skills. And we learn that from Scripture, but it's so important, right? It's so important for your family uh, that you be a strong leader. Whether you're a mom, a dad, or a, uh, a sibling in, in your family, man, you need to learn what it's like to lead faithfully. Uh, but let me just encourage you from the very beginning to read the book of Joshua. If you are unfamiliar with it, you've never read the book of Joshua from beginning to end, uh, I want to encourage you and challenge you here at the beginning that you would begin to do that over the course of the next five to six weeks, that you would uh, make it your goal to read Joshua uh, over the course of this study. And if you do that, listen, I think you're going to benefit so much more from our time here on Sunday mornings, just having just a better familiarity uh, with Joshua and what's happening in the nation of Israel. And so I want to encourage you to do that. You're going to benefit from it uh, so much more. And so make that commitment right now today uh, that, hey, I'm going to read the book of Joshua over the course of the, the next five to six weeks. And I think you can do that uh, pretty easily within that time frame. Well, let me give you just a, a little bit of a background snapshot, okay? Just kind of a basic understanding of what's happening in this book before we really dive into 
uh, chapter number, number one this morning. But the book of Joshua really picks up in the history of the nation of Israel, like I said, post-wilderness wandering. The nation of Israel came out of Egypt. You read the story of, uh, in Exodus of Moses leading the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They wandered for 40 long years in the desert. Um, and they didn't really have to. Uh, they, they wandered in the desert because they didn't really believe in God. And uh, now they have come out of that, that phase, that wandering in, in Egypt for so many years. And now at this point, as we begin the book of Joshua, they stand on the brink of a river, the Jordan River. And this river is really the only thing at this point that is separating them from God's promises, God's blessings, this wonderful, wonderful land uh, that they had received this promise of 40 years prior. I mean, think about that. Like God promised this land to them 40 years prior through the leadership of Moses, and they hadn't seen it yet. In fact, many of them had passed away and a new generation had come, but they knew this was their destiny. How would you like to know what your destiny is in life, right? Everybody wants to know, what's my goal? What's my destiny? What should I be doing in life? Where should I be going? Well, the nation of Israel knew. They knew exactly what their destiny was. They knew what their goal was, and that was to enter into this land. And God describes this land as a land flowing with milk and honey. We read that and we think, what does that mean? Is there like rivers of milk flowing? Now, that'd be kind of cool, right? Like rivers of milk and honey just, you know, everywhere dripping from trees. Well, that's not really what it means. It means simply that it was a rich land. It was a, a plentiful land. It was a land that just produced wonderful, wonderful crops. And, and so that was a very appealing, of course, uh, in order to survive uh, in, in those times. But God said, I'm going to give this to you. This is your land. This is your destiny. And all they had to do was believe. Believe that it was theirs. Believe that God had actually promised it to them and actually step into that land. All they had to do was believe. But, you know, believing is sometimes the hardest thing. Would you agree with that this morning? Sometimes believing is just the hardest thing that we really have to do in life. And it certainly was for Israel. I mean, despite uh, all the miracles and all the things that God did, if you read the book of Exodus and you read about all the wonderful things God did in the desert, how he showed his uh, glory and his magnificence and how he provided for them, miracle after miracle, guess what the nation of Israel did? They didn't believe. They didn't believe in God. And so because of that, Many of those people, as I said, perished in the desert, and they actually weren't going to walk into that promised land, but only a few, like Joshua and Caleb, and a new generation was actually going to see that promised land. But the only thing at this point, and this is really what we're going to kind of focus in on today, the only thing in their way between them and God's promises is a river. Isn't that interesting? A river. Uh, and it's the Jordan River. And the Jordan River, historically, if you read Scripture, you, you understand there's a lot of cool things that happened in the Jordan River. Uh, a lot of historical things happened biblically in the Jordan River, kind of up and down its banks. But it's about a 200-mile river. And the nation of Israel is crossing. We're going to learn a little bit later in the book of Joshua. They are crossing at Jericho. That, that city might be very familiar to some of you. But they're crossing uh, this river at a point that was actually impassable. Uh, and it was actually during harvest time, and so there was kind of a flood stage uh, on the brinks of this river. And it was a difficult, uh, difficult place to actually cross. In fact, it was probably an impassable uh, 
uh, placed across uh, along this river here. But this is where they are. And so I want you to kind of picture just standing on the, the brink of a river, maybe a big river, and, and just wondering how in the world am I going to cross this river into this promised land? That was the question on um, the hearts and minds of the nation of Israel. How are we going to get across this, right? Uh, let me tell you a quick story. Kelton and I were uh, hunting this year, and uh, we were doing a youth hunt uh, for whitetail. And uh, we had kind of this spot picked out and got up super early and, and drove out and hiked out to this, uh, this place where we could start to kind of glass and like look for, for deer. Uh, and sure enough, man, we got to this spot and we kind of hunkered down a little bit and started glassing and all, all of a sudden like deer start popping up everywhere, right? Well, then we see this buck and then like, you know, we see the buck, guys, the heart starts pounding. You start getting kind of excited, right? And we see this buck and we watch him for a little while and then he beds down and we're like, wow, this is happening, Right. Beds down, the wind is in our face, and uh, we're like, here's our chance. Here's our moment, man. Let's go after this deer. And so we kind of ducked down into this valley, and it was real open, not a lot of cover. We ducked down in this valley out of sight and uh, hiked all the way down and got to the bottom. And from up top, we saw this little stream. And we thought, oh, it shouldn't be a big deal, right? Well, as we got closer, we're like, oh, it is a big deal. <laughs> And we're like, how are we going to get across this stream? It was one of those streams where it's like, I think I might be able to make it, but I'm probably going to get wet, right? It's one of those kind of streams where I don't think I can jump across this thing. It was just wide enough, and it was moving pretty fast, and the edges were really, really soft. And so Kelton and I went up and down this thing. We're like, there's got to be an easier way, right? There's got to be an easier way. So we went to the right, and we walked for maybe 20 minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes, and, and we tried to find, like, logs and, like, place this log across the stream and, you know, do one of these balancing acts things. And we're like, no, 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 that's not cool. We shouldn't do that. Um, so then we went to the left and, and walked a little further and uh, we just couldn't find a place to cross. And finally, finally, we're like, we just have to do it. We just have to do it. We have to cross this river. And, and, and what basically was on the other side of it was a nice white tail buck. I'll tell you what happened uh, toward the end of the message this morning. Um, but, uh, but this was our river. Like, this was what separated us uh, from that goal, that, that prize in life. And really, uh, the nation of Israel is, is kind of feeling that tension. Uh, they're, they're standing on the banks of that Jordan River, and they're probably wondering, like, if and when and how are we ever going to experience these promises? For 40 long years, God has made these promises, and the only thing that stands in our way is this river, and I think there's a tension here for every single one of us in this room this morning. I think there's this common tension that we often get to these places in life, and we maybe see far away maybe what God wants for us, what God desires for us to be. We see the promises in Scripture that God wants us to, to live a joyous, abundant life in Him, that God wants us to have peace, that God wants us to have freedom from like addictions and sins in life, that God wants all these things for us, but we just kind of feel like we keep hitting a river. That we just feel like there, there's something in the way, there's something that is separating me from God's best, God's ideal. And you might be here this morning and you might be wondering, how, how can I ever get over this addiction? How can I ever get ahead in life? How, how, how can I ever become what God wants me to become? When and how will I ever see God work in my life? Like, you see him working in other people's lives. Have you ever asked those questions in your life before? You see, for a lot of people, and maybe even the majority of people in this room today, we all have 
a Jordan River. We all have something that is kind of separating us from God's promises and his blessings and, and, and all the wonderful things we can experience and the riches in Christ and walking with him. But if we're honest, we would say, you know what, there's an obstacle in my way. There's a river that seems impassable. And many of us, even Christians, we come to those points in life and many of us, we just sit down and we weep and we wonder, will I ever get across this river? Will I ever cross this obstacle in life and actually go into that land that God has promised to me? Maybe you can relate to that this morning. There's some kind of obstacle that seems uncrossable in your life. You have a challenge that if you could just get across it, like if I could just get past this thing in life, then I would see a victory. I would see success. I would see God's blessings in my life. We all have our Jordans, don't we? We all have those moments that we would say, man, I'm, I'm at a crossroads, I'm at a river that is separating me from God's blessings. Well, here's what we're going to discover this morning, and it's the bottom line for today's message. If you're new to LifePoint, we always have one main thought, one main idea that we want you to key in on and remember, and that is this, is that you'll never experience God's best in your life until you're willing to cross your Jordan. You're never going to experience the blessings and the riches that are found in walking with Jesus until you're actually willing to cross the Jordan that separates you from those blessings in your life. Listen, you're never going to be the kind of husband, the kind of a wife, the kind of mom, the kind of dad, uh, the kind of spiritual leader in your home until you're willing to identify that Jordan River and say, I'm going across it. I'm not standing on this side anymore. I am crossing my Jordan. You're never going to be uh, the kind of leader. You're never going to be uh, the, the kind of Christian, the kind of friend, the kind of employee or employer until you're willing to cross your Jordans in life, and neither will we as a church ever be what God desires for us to be until we're ready as a church to say, we'll cross whatever Jordan River comes in our way. We'll cross those, those places that seem insurmountable. And listen, when we do, guess what? We experience God's best. We experience God's blessings, but they're on the other side of your Jordan, right? Just like they were for the nation of Israel. Let's read our text and let's find out kind of what exactly is happening here this morning. We're going to read a kind of a long passage of scripture, so just kind of settle in and, and follow along with me as well. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Not a ton of scripture, but uh, quite a bit. And so it says this in verse number one, after the death of Moses, we get kind of a time stamp God gives us. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant. And God said this to him, uh, to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them in the people of Israel. Verse number three, in every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, uh, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And that was a very large, large portion of land. Verse number five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Don't turn from, uh, from, it, uh, from the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. In verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And then verse number 9 is probably a very familiar passage uh, to many people. Have I not commanded you, be strong and be courageous, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, the book of Joshua in chapter 1 really starts out with the passing of leadership, kind of passing this baton of leadership to uh, from Moses, God's faithful servant for many, many years. If you know uh, Moses' story, you know that he grew up in Egypt, uh, he fled Egypt, and uh, lived in the land of Midian as kind of a sheep herder for many years, and then God called him out of that to go back to Egypt and help the nation of Israel come out uh, of that slavery, and, and God did. God did that through Moses. Uh, and so now that leadership is being passed from Moses to Joshua. Uh, Joshua, a man who also faithfully served God, served Moses in kind of a, a lesser role, but who is Joshua? Let me give you just kind of a snapshot of his life and some of the things that Joshua did in his life. Uh, Joshua, Joshua, first of all, was a slave in Egypt, Right? Like if you look at his life, I mean, he was a young boy growing up in Egypt. Like he knew what slavery was like, right? Like he knew what it was like to live in that kind of uh, bondage and slavery. And, and he would have appreciated, I would imagine, the freedom that they were seeking after. Uh, he was also a, a faithful and tested leader. Uh, he was a soldier who led the nation of Israel and their army against the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17. Remember the story where Moses, when he held his hands up, the nation of Israel prospered and they were victorious, but when his hands got tired and they went down, uh, they were defeated. Um, and so Joshua was actually leading that army. And so he's a soldier and he's also a servant. We learn in verse number one that, that Joshua was an assistant to Moses. And I can't imagine what it must have been like to to serve this man of God, this man of God who talked with God, I mean, face to face, came out of this, this tent at times glowing because he was in the presence of God, and Joshua gets to serve this wonderful, wonderful man of God. And so he was a servant. Uh, he was also a spy. I mean, that's kind of intriguing, right? Joshua was a spy. And now Joshua has become the, leading, uh, the leader of a nation uh, that was tasked to go into a new land. A land that was promised by God. This, this is Joshua. This is Joshua. He is an amazing man of God. Moses is dead, and now Joshua is in command. And if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time, and I'm sure there were moments in Joshua's life, just like there's moments in your life where you're like, God, I really need to hear from you right now. I'm sure this was one of those moments in Joshua's life. It was like, God, I really, really need to hear from you. In the midst of sorrow, was, was Joshua sorrowful over losing Moses? I'm sure he was after so many years of walking with this man of God and seeing God do miraculous things through his life. I mean, there's got to be some sorrow there in the midst of loss, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of maybe Joshua even saying, God, I don't know if I'm really the guy for the job. You ever feel like that? God, I, I don't know if I can do this in in all of those emotions, God speaks to Joshua. 
And notice what he says in verse number two again. It says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. This is God speaking, speaking verbally uh, out loud to, to, to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, th- therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Joshua, Moses is dead. And that kind of sounds weird, right? Like, God, why are you telling me this? Like, I know this already, right? Like, it's not like, you know, Joshua needed to be reminded uh, that Moses is dead. But I don't think God is just like trying to state the obvious here, you know? I think what God is trying to communicate to Joshua is this, is that there's still a promised land. There's still a destiny. There's still a goal. There's still something that you in this nation have to do And it's your job, Joshua, to lead this nation. Like you've got to move past uh, this sorrow. You're gonna move past this this hiccup maybe in your life. Uh, And and you're either gonna stay on this side of the Jordan and forfeit all my blessings. That's in the way. I'm gonna fight this the whole time. So we're gonna move it. Or Joshua, you can get up and you can cross the river and you can experience the miraculous. And when I, when I read that, when I thought about that, it, it's kind of like one of those pep talks, you know, if you're, you're into sports or you play sports, you know, and, and maybe you're, you're, you're down and you're losing or maybe you lost your star player and, you know, your coach kind of rattle, uh, uh, brings, uh, gathers all the team around and he, and he gives you maybe or she gives you one of those, those pep talks and, and you want to give up, but they're like, no, you can't. You've got to move forward. You've got to move forward. And I get this picture of Joshua maybe sitting on the banks of the Jordan River, tears are streaming down his face. And he's saying, God, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And I don't know if I can do this without Moses. Listen, if you've not been there, you will be there. Amen? If you've not been to those moments, you will be in those moments because everyone at some point in life is going to meet their Jordan River. And it's going to separate you from what God wants you to be. But we're never going to fully be, we're never going to fully experience God's blessings unless we're willing to get up and cross our Jordan and see all of what God has for us. And so how do we do that? How do we do that? How did Joshua do that? How was he able to move past those struggles and those, those moments in life and, and maybe the questioning in his own heart? How was he able to cross this impassable river? into this promised land. Well, I want to show you just a few basic principles with our time left this morning in verses one through nine. Four basic principles of how we can move past our Jordans. Those things, and and, and I'm going to challenge you at the end of the service today that you would actually identify today what is your Jordan. What is the thing that is separating you from experiencing God's blessings and God's riches uh, in, in your life? And those are spiritual blessings, I don't want you to think like oh, those are material things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spiritual blessings of walking with Christ. Those are yours, and they can be yours today if you're willing to cross your Jordan. So how do we do that? Let me give you four basic things, and the first thing is this. If you want to cross your Jordan today, first of all, you've got to start moving in that direction. You've got to start moving in that direction. That may seem overly simplistic this morning, but I want you to know this is exactly what God is saying to Joshua. Uh, And notice in verse number two again, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Like, we've established that, right? Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. I want you to underline that phrase in your Bible or make a note, arise and go. Joshua, I want you to get up and go. Get up, Joshua. 
Get up and start moving in the direction that I've already identified for you in life. If God were to speak to us today, and he does, through the word of God, he would say, get up, Christian. Get up, moms. Get up, dads. Get up, teenagers. And stop, stop uh, sitting there on the side of the bank wondering uh, how I'm ever going to experience God's best. Uh, stop sitting on the bank and, and, and feeling sorry for yourself. Stop living in the past the hurts, the disappointments, the failures. Get up, Joshua, and get up, Christian, and start moving in the direction that God has for you. Get up and go. You see, I think one of the things that Satan loves to do, and let me just remind you, you have an enemy, right? You have an enemy who wants to oppose you in your service to God. And I think one of the things that Satan does and he loves to do, and listen, he is really, really good at it, is that he loves to keep Christians on the wrong side of their Jordans, right? He loves to keep you and I as Christians sitting on the wrong side of a Jordan on those banks just thinking, you know what? It's impossible. It's impassable. I can't get past this thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough. I, I don't have enough skills in life. And we convince ourselves that we can't do what God has already called us to do. We think, I failed too much, or I don't know enough. Satan wants you and I to sit on the wrong side of our Jordans when God wants us to get up, no matter the obstacle, and no matter how impossible it may seem in your life or in our lives, and start moving in the direction that God would have for us. Arise and go and stop sitting on the wrong side. Uh, Kelton and I, as we were walking up and down that river, there came a point, right, Kelton, where we're just like, we just got to do this, right? Like, we don't know how long that buck is going to be bedded down, and, you know, uh, the wind may swirl, and he may catch our scent, and all these sorts of things started kind of crowding our minds, and we just got to the point where, like, man, we've got to cross this thing. We've got to stop moving up and down, and we've got to get across it. And so we did get across it. And if you're wondering what the story uh, ends like, we got up into this little hill, and I got within about 40 yards, and the buck was still bedded down. And I was like, I looked at Kelton, he looked at me, and I'm like, yep, he's still bedded down. I can't believe it. Because that never happens, right? At least to me, right? All my hunting stories, they end in other ways, and not usually in success. Um, but he was there, and uh, 40, 50 yards, uh, Kelton shot him, and that was the end of the story, and it was awesome. And then the fun began, uh, the drag down and the drag back up, and it was terrible. Um, but I would do it again. But I would do it again. But listen, at, at some point in your life, if you want to cross those Jordans, you have got to be willing uh, to, to cross. You've got to be willing to, to say, at some point, I've got to stop sitting on its banks and crossing, going up and down, looking for the easy way, because that's what we do, don't we? I, I want to get around this hardship. I want to get across this hardship the easiest way that I can. And sometimes God's like, you just need to get up and go and start moving in the direction that God has intended for you to go. Here's the second principle as we move on. If you want to cross your Jordan, uh, second of all, you've got to act as if it were so. You've got to act as if it were so. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that here in just a moment, but let's read verses 2 through 3. Again, these are principles that God is relaying to Joshua to help him cross his Jordan along with the nation of Israel. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land. Notice this phrase, that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. 
Underline that phrase, I am giving. Uh, Verse number three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, notice this phrase, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Those are two amazing phrases. I am giving and I have given. I am giving and I have given. Who's giving here? This is God, right? He's speaking to Joshua and what is is he giving? He is giving this land, this promised land, and, and God is speaking to Joshua saying, look, this is a done deal. Like, on on my part, like, I've already signed the contract, so to speak. Like, it's yours. It's it's a done deal in my mind. I have given it to you. You just need to act as if it were so. Uh, Now, I I don't want you to confuse this this morning with, like, positive thinking. Just, you know, believe, you know, that that you'll win uh, the megabucks, you know, a million dollars, and you will. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Right? It's not just like this idea of positive thinking or you know, mystical kind of ideas here. That's not what this is at all. This is God making a promise to Joshua and saying, you need to live as if that promise is real. This is the epitome of faith, isn't it? We talk a lot about faith in Christian circles, don't we? You know, like, I'm a person of faith. What does that mean to be a person of faith? You know what that means? It means that you actually act upon your belief. Faith is actually saying, I believe God, and therefore I am acting upon that belief in God. And that's what Joshua is doing here. This is what God is calling him to do here, being fully aware of what God has said and saying, I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to act as if it were so. Man, if God had promised the land to Moses, to Joshua, to the nation of Israel, what's a river, right? What's a river? If God has made all these wonderful promises to us, what is a river, right? God is surely going to get them across that Jordan. I want you to know the same is true for us. If God's desire for you to be, is for you to be a strong and faithful leader in your home, if God's desire is for you to get victory over the addiction in your life, if God's desire is for you to walk with him daily and to be in his word daily, and some of you are like, that's impossible. I couldn't ever do that. There's all these things. There's all these obstacles. Listen, if God has promised those things to you, don't you think he can do the same for you as he did for the nation of Israel? We can get past our Jordans. We can get past our Jordans in life. You want to cross your Jordan, you get to act as if it were. So here's an interesting side note. We'll get to this a little bit later uh, in the series. Uh, Joshua, God says, hey, get up and go. Guess what he did? Uh, Verses 10 and on, we find that Joshua starts to make preparations for the nation of Israel to actually go across the river. And he makes this big announcement to the nation of Israel. Hey, get some preparations done. Get some food. Get ready because in three days, we're crossing this Jordan. You know what Joshua didn't have? He had no idea how they're going to cross the Jordan. You know, I can like see him like, hey, everybody, we're going to cross the Jordan. And he turns around and be like, Joshua, how are we going to do this? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what is that? That's faith. Like, I believe God's word, and we're going to act as if it were so. Here's principle number three as we move on this morning. You want to cross your Jordans. You want to get past those obstacles in your life. Number three, you got to be confidently aware. Notice this phraseology is really important. You be confidently aware of God's presence. You got to be confidently aware of God's presence. You want to cross the Jordans in your life. You've got to be keenly aware and constantly, constantly confident of who goes with you. 
This is such a wonderful promise that God makes to Joshua. Notice in verse number five, uh, God says this, and this is pretty amazing stuff. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Whoa, <laughs> you imagine that? Joshua, no one is gonna be able to stand against you. You're like, sweet, like, let's go, bring it, right? And, and he goes on and he says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. These are amazing, amazing promises. But how? how? How is it possible that no one could stand before Joshua? You know how it was possible? Because God was with him. God was with him. And I want you to know this morning that this isn't just like, this isn't like God's in heaven going, hey, bro, I'm watching from heaven. Good luck. I hope it works out. I'm with you. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, not, that's not what God's doing. God's, God's like, I'm with you in power. My presence goes with you and before you. And guess what? I'm bringing my whooping stick. Like, like I am with you, Joshua. You know what it's like to, to be with someone? Maybe if uh, you've been in a big city. Raise your hand if you've been in a big city before. And don't say Billings. Like, like come on. Right? You've been in a big city before. It's kind of fearful, isn't it? Like in, in a big city, especially at night, and you don't really know your way around. And I lived in Boston for a few years. I've been in New York City at like 3 a.m. in the morning, and there's like tons of people out. It's really, really weird. But if you've been in those environments before, if you're with someone that knows the city and they're kind of like, you know, they like walk around like this, you know, you're like, I feel I'm good, right? I feel confident because I'm with this person who knows and who maybe has a little bit more power than this. And, and, and this is the confidence that God wants you to walk through life with. We ought to walk through life a little bit of vibrato in our lives, right? Because we know we serve a powerful God. This is the almighty, the all-powerful God saying, I am with you. And all throughout scripture, we find the same promise to us today that God will never leave us or forsake us. And so this is just more than, than having this, this, this kind of mystical idea of God being with us. God's like, no, I am with you in power wherever you go. And all throughout scripture, we find people of God actually having this kind of, this feeling, this emotion that like, we can do anything. We can do anything if God is on our side. Notice Psalm 118 in verse six, and it'll be on the screen. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me? Nothing, right? Because I serve a powerful God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse six, I'll give you just one more. Uh, he says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? I love how Matthew Henry put it. He said this, he said, those that go where God sends them shall have him with them wherever they go. Wherever God sends you, wherever God sends us, guess what? God will go with us. We so casually just kind of float over that idea. Like, oh, yeah, God's with us. We all know that, right? No, no, no. He's with you in power so that you can cross your Jordans and experience the freedom and the blessings that are in Jesus Christ. We need to be confidently aware always of God's presence. Well, let's move on. Principle number four, if you want to cross your Jordan, lastly, you've got to be strong and you've got to be courageous. You want to cross your Jordan, there's got to be a point in your life where you say, I'm going to be strong in the Lord. I'm going to be courageous for the Lord. I'm going to define those terms here in just a moment, but in verse 7 and verse 9, uh, we won't read it for time's sake, but, but you can see it, only be strong and very courageous. And then in verse 9, again, uh, be strong and courageous. And over and over and over again, Joshua is commanded, 
He is encouraged, he is uplifted, that he would have strength and courage for the task ahead of him. Be strong and courageous. And that's easier said than done, right? It's like, you know, well, you know, I'm having some trouble with this issue. Well, stop. Stop having trouble with that issue. Oh, thank you. That helps. Like, I'll just stop, right? Uh, and, and this kind of sounds like that. Like, how do I be strong and courageous when I feel weak and afraid? How do I be strong and courageous when I feel weak and afraid? Well, let me just simply say this. It's built, right, through hardships. The strength is built through hardships, and we don't like that because hardships are hard. They're difficult. They're taxing. They're emotional, right? But it's through the hardships that we actually build strength and courage in life. In fact, the word strong here in the Hebrew is the word hazak. It's a cool word, hazak, right? And it means to strengthen or to harden, to strengthen or to harden. Anyone uh, here familiar with like metal forging or blacksmithing? Have you ever done that before? Are you familiar with it? Yes, I see one person. Everyone else is, and another one. Yes, thank you. Forged in fire fans, anyone? I'm a forged in fire geek. Yes, thank you. A few people there, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. But if you're familiar with kind of those ancient arts, you know that when you take high carbon steel and you heat it up in a forge and you put it on an anvil and you take a hammer and you strike it, what's it going to do? It's going to move right? As you heat it up, you're able to shape that thing into whatever you want it to be, a knife, a sword, a tool, or whatever the case might be. But once it's shaped into that, into that form, it's actually not done. It's not finished. You see, in order for it to be strong, in order for it to be hardened and actually usable, it's got to go back in the forge, it's going to go up to like 1,500 degrees or higher, depending upon what you're heating up. And then you take that out and you quench it in oil. You put it in oil to cool it down quickly. And it comes out, and guess what? It's hardened. It's usable. And, and we think about that, and we think, you know what? God does the same thing in our lives. He allows hardships and difficulties. And we're like, why, God, are you allowing this to happen? Because I want to strengthen you. I want to make you usable through those hardships and through those circumstances in life. See, you're either going to look at those situations and you're, you're going to resent them, you're going to be bitter towards them, or you're going to come out the other side and say, I'm going to be usable. And I want to let God use my pain and my hardship and my trials in life to make me into the person that he still wants me to be. Be strong. Be strong. The word courage. Courage, what does that mean? It's a word, amats. And it means to be brave, it means to be determined, and it means this, to exhibit strength. It, it would be like if you, you know, forged out this cool, epic-looking sword, right? But it just kind of hung on the wall and you never used it for anything. God says, I want you to take the sword and I want you to wield it. And I want you to show strength. And I want you to be brave. But we think in those terms and we think, yeah, Joshua needed all those things, right? Like he needed strength, he needed courage because he was going to fight these amazing battles and, and, and he was leading this nation and, and of course he needed those kinds of things in life. But I want you to know this morning that Joshua needed strength and courage most, not for the battles, not even for standing as the one sole leader of the nation of Israel. You know what Joshua needed strength for most? It's in verse number seven where God says this to Joshua. Notice it with me. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Notice this, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it from the right hand or the left that you may have good success wherever you go. You know what God wanted Joshua to realize? And, and it's what you and I need to realize most this morning is that we need strength 
to obey God's word. We need strength and courage now more than ever in America, in our world, to stand and be courageous for what is true. Because I guarantee you there were people in the nation of Israel who would put pressure on, on Joshua. It's like, let's just go back. How many times in the wilderness did the nation of Israel be like, hey, let's just go back to Egypt. Let's go back to slavery. At least we had three meals a day. I mean, let's go backwards. And Joshua, if he was going to obey God and lead the nation of Israel, he had to be strong in believing what God had commanded them to do. And I want you to know this morning, you need that kind of strength as well. You need to be strong and courageous for the word of God and stand upon it faithfully, faithfully, leading your families, leading at school, leading wherever God has put you. God desires for you to be strong and courageous. And when those Jordan rivers come in life, you're willing to cross them. You're willing to step across those things and realize that God is with me. God has given me his word. God has promised me all of these things. Listen, Joshua was convinced of all of this, that the God who called him would be the God who would go before him. And we should have that same confidence today, too, to cross our Jordans, to enter the lands that God has promised to us, lands that are full of challenges, right? There were still uh, giants in the land. There were still battles to be fought. All kinds of challenges, all kinds of difficulties. But they're lands that are flowing with milk and honey. And if you want to experience God's best in your life, at some point, you've got to get up and you've got to start crossing your Jordan River. I'm going to call our praise team back up this morning. And as they're coming, I, I just want you to consider with me today that question that I asked at the very beginning that I want you to leave here with today. And that is, this is what is, what is your Jordan? What is your Jordan River? That you would actually spend some time and, and, and think about what are the obstacles keeping me from God's best right now? I don't know what that is for you. Maybe you struggle desperately just getting in the word of God and carving time out in your life that you would actually dedicate to the Lord. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's being faithful to the Lord in some area of your life that you would say, this is my Jordan. This is the thing that is keeping me from God's best. And you're never going to sit, or how long are you going to sit on the wrong side wondering what it will be like to experience God's best. You'll never experience God's best until you're willing to cross your Jordan. Let's start today. Let's start today. And let's identify that obstacle that's keeping you from God's best, God's ideal in your life. And let's start moving in that direction. Let's start having confidence in the God who has promised us wonderful, rich things. He wants you out of addiction. He doesn't want you to be held by that sin that's been holding you for so long. God wants you to be free. God wants you and I to overcome those, those feelings of inadequacy, thinking like, it's over, my life. I've done too many bad things. I don't have what it takes. My time is done. No, no, no. Nobody's time is ever done until you're on the other side. And God today wants his church and wants his people to get across the Jordan and begin to experience all the things that God has promised to us. Would you be willing to do that? 
Would you be willing to do that? Here's one simple takeaway today. One simple thing that you can do, and that's this, identify that obstacle. That you would say, I, I'm going to identify what it, what it is that's keeping me from following, from serving, from being faithful to Christ. That you would identify it and that you would take one step, one step, not the final step, but just one step in the direction that God is calling you to do. And I guarantee you, as you take a step of faith for God, guess what? God shows up in big ways. And we're going to find out next week how big God showed up when Joshua said, let's go, guys. We're crossing this thing. And the water split, and those people walked across that river on dry ground. God wants to do greater and bigger things in your life than you're aware of. We get across the Jordan. We get across the obstacles that are keeping us. Are you willing to do that? Would you stand and worship with us as we close this morning? Let's get on the other side of our Jordans. Let's leave here and say, we're going we're gonna to cross it. We're going to do whatever it takes because that is where God's best is for me and for us collectively on the other side of our Jordans today. Worship with us.